Welcome to one more edition of Politics Done Right. Today, we are honored to have journalist, activist, author, Harvey Wasserman. Harvey, how are you doing today? Hey, Egberto, whenever I'm with you, I'm always great. It's great to be on your show. Hey, brother, you know, uh, I've been trying to get to you for the last few weeks to talk about the Supreme Court. What do we do? I mean, Roe versus Wade is just the start because when they're coming in in the next session, we're going to be going back to discuss some interesting things about states' rights. But let's talk about abortion first. What's, What's going on? What do we do? Well, these guys, you got to remember, we're on the break now of having a dictatorship of the Supreme Court. The Supreme Court believes it has a divine right to rule the United States of America, just like all those kings did, you know, back in medieval Europe. Mm-hmm. And, and these people, you know, they, people talk about bringing America back to the 1800s. These people, these Supreme Court, I won't call them justices whatever they are, judges, they come straight from the 1630s in Boston. When Boston was run by the Puritans, these people walked around in black robes. Uh, they burned you at the stake if you were gay, for God's sakes. They, you know, women were completely subservient. People of color were, had absolutely no rights whatsoever. You know, the right wing in this country is not against the right to vote as long as you're white and have property. I mean, that's basically where we're at here. The the, the right wing in this country hates democracy. Steve Bannon is a classic, and Carl Roman, a classic fascist. They, 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 They use, like Hitler did, they use the trappings, the illusion of democracy, but they deny everybody else the right to vote and have only the people they want to vote. And right now we're at six votes which is the Supreme Court, which is outrageous. There's never been a Supreme Court like this one. And they don't care about anything except their ideology. And I want to put one thing on the, on the table before we go ahead. Alito and all these other judges <clears throat> talk about originalism. It was a big phrase with uh, uh, Scalia. Yes. And the real originalism, and I talk about this in my history book, The People's Spiral of U.S. History. The real originalism in America is with the indigenous, for God's sakes. American democracy was invented by the Iroquois and the other tribes that were here for 20,000 years before the whites showed up. So if you want to talk about originalism in American law, you have to start with the indigenous. And there was no question of a woman's right to control her own body in indigenous society. The opposite was true. Women ran the tribes. Most of the American, North American tribes were matriarchies. The women ran the show. Now, they let the men be chiefs. And it's a, I, I saw a documentary, and I love this. Um, um, they asked a woman from the Iroquois named Audrey Shenandoah. Why was it that if the women ran the tribes and they ran the houses, they raised the kids, they ran the gardens? I mean, that was the whole deal, right? So they asked her, why is it that if women run the tribes, the men are the chiefs? And she said, well, it makes them feel important and it gives them something to do. (laughs) So 
you know, the bottom line is we are actually, and I write about this in my history book. People can write me for my history book at solartopia at Gmail. I'll send you a PDF, the People's Spiral of U.S. History. The bottom line is that the biggest transition in human history right now is the transfer of power from men to women. Mm-hmm. Women are running the show, taking over, and the men, the men can't handle it. It is amazing because, I mean, if you take a look at what occurred, and I know we're talking about abortion right now, but I want to, I want to hit a bit on, on the pandemic. If you take a look at the countries ruled by women, our, our Jardin from, uh, from New Zealand, right. uh, you know, Angela, uh, Germany's uh, Merkel, yeah. and you, you look at all how the women handled the pandemic, it was completely, entirely much better than yeah. men who had to test their testosterone for everything or try to make a buck before right, they could right, do right. anything. Well, you know, I was drinking a lot of bleach like Donald Trump, and, and I don't know, that's why my hair is, is all white. So, you know, um, you're 100% right. And women are, are you know, we hope are less, less warlike, but the reality is that the uh, not only the majority, almost two-thirds of the college students in this country now are women. Right. More than half, I'm married to a lawyer, more than half the lawyers, in the, the, the people in law school are women now. And all over the world, women are taking over. The men can't handle it. And so Roe v. Wade is uh, about suppressing women. And, but you know, in, in the indigenous, as I say, a woman, if she had an unwanted pregnancy, she didn't go consult with a guy or, she just took a bunch of herbs and that was it. They controlled their own bodies was never a question not even it was never a question during the writing of the constitution it never came up the word abortion doesn't appear in the constitution even among the white guys and i want to make another point very clearly egberto you got these christian these evangelicals white evangelicals men who are running around calling themselves christian and saying that the united states is a christian nation and i will tell you in addition to the indigenous who, of course, were not Christian, the writers of the Constitution were not only did they not say that this was a Christian nation, they're very clear saying it was not a Christian nation. They weren't Christians. I know. I, they, you know some uh, were atheists, some were human. I mean, it's amazing. Well, I'll, give you, I'll give you the rundown. I'll give you the lineup here. George Washington considered himself to be a Christian. Uh-huh. In one pocket, he had a Bible, and in the other pocket, he had a flask. He was a serious <laughs> alcoholic, George Washington, but he was very clear on, um, on tolerance in America, very clear this was not a sectarian country. He wrote a letter to a synagogue in Rhode Island saying, look, you know, you practice your religion. You're more than free to do that. We are not a Christian nation. Thomas Jefferson was a deist. John Adams was a Unitarian. Mm-hmm. His wife, Abigail, uh, John Quincy Adams, the sixth president, Samuel Adams, the great revolutionary. They're all Unitarians. Right. Um, uh, James Madison. Um, that means they believe more or less in a divine being. Nothing to do with Jesus. They liked Jesus. Thomas Jefferson wrote a very famous book called The Life and Morals of Jesus of Nazareth. It was published in 1820, and he basically took the, um, the life of Jesus, and he wrote it out, and he subtracted all the miracles. 
and he subtracted the resurrection. And he basically said, look, Jesus was a really cool guy. He did all this great <laughs> stuff. I really like Jesus. He was a progressive. He believed in human rights. He believed in women's rights, but he was not divine. The most important of all of them was Benjamin Franklin. Right. Benjamin Franklin, who's the great intellectual the scientist, God, yeah. Godfather of, the, of America. He, he, you know, he was a deist. He believed there was some kind of divine force that created the universe and then just left and let us, you know, work our stuff out. And if you don't, and, and, and Thomas Paine, Ben Franklin's apprentice, you know, these guys didn't believe in the, neither did Abraham Lincoln, by the way. Mm -hmm. uh, Lincoln actually wrote a pamphlet uh, uh, saying that the, the resurrection, come on. You know, so, you know, this, this idea that we're a Christian nation is utter nonsense. And, you know, these, you're starting to see now, Egberto, this is very important. And I, only in the last month or two, there is a serious decline in the evangelical movement. Yes. The, the numbers have dropped by half. And it is now the oldest, you know, um, a sect. And not only is it dropping in numbers, but it's shattering. Mm -hmm. A lot of the evangelicals who are looking at January 6th and looking at Steve Bannon and Donald Trump, for God's sakes, are saying, whoa, come on. This isn't Christianity. You know, I mean, uh, Jesus, you know, Steve Bannon sits with a picture of Jesus behind him and he, on his, his podcast. And he says stuff that would make Jesus cringe. <laughs> you know, turn the other cheek. Love thy neighbor. Come on, will you? I mean, Jesus may, may well have been black himself. So, you know, uh, there's a real earth change going on. And it all turns on Roe v. Wade because Roe v. Wade basically, the, the whole abortion issue is who controls a woman's body. It's as simple as that. Do men running a government that's not democratic uh, can, can tell women what to do with their uterus? You've got to be kidding me. So that's what this is about. And, you know, the, the, this Supreme Court, you know, what nobody's talking about, this Supreme Court is going to go after Social Security. Oh, and, yes. And Medicare. You know, you know, a few a few years ago, I wrote how minority rule was going to come aboard, uh, come about, and, and well, it all had to do with the Supreme Court, right? In that, you know, when we talk about okay, we're because look, America is becoming more progressive, and we are going to eventually uh, elect more progressive people, and we are going to pass progressive laws, and the only way for the corporatocracy not to have the progressive laws infringe on their theft is going to be to have a Supreme Court that deems all those laws unconstitutional. Right. And then it is for us to decide if we are going to accept the rule of the Supreme Court stating that what we the people want is unconstitutional. It's amazing. Yes. And nobody's talking about the, t the, t the two big items, which are Medicare and Social Security. Yes. And I know that these, this court, when it gets done with gay marriage and gay rights and all the social issues, you know, and, and banning books and destroying public education and, and, and all the poverty programs, they're going to wipe all that stuff out. And then they're going to come after Medicare and Social Security and nobody's and unions.
But you, you know, know what it. is interesting? You know what is interesting, though, um, Harvey? I, I, I am I'm pretty sure they'll come against Social Security. I'm pretty sure they'll come against union. The corporatocracy doesn't want Medicare because Medicare is for old people, unprofitable people. Right. So unless they want old people to die, just die, you know. Uh, well, that's, you know, that the, the, the Republican um, a form of health care is get sick and die quick. That's my buddy, um, uh, Congressman, uh, what's his name? Cory Booker. No, 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 it's not Booker that said that. Oh. It was the guy out of Florida. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, um, you know, I, I, I've interviewed him a couple of times. He's running again, Alan Grayson. Uh, Grace, Alan Grayson. Yeah, yeah. so oh, yeah, yeah, get sick and die quick. But, yeah, the reality he... is, but you said the important thing. And this is what my history book, The People's Spiral of U.S. History, says, points out. There's a small detail here. The boomers, like me, we're on our way out. Mm-hmm. It's the, it's the, gen- the millennials are 85 million people. And the Zoomers are another 30 or 40 or 50. Yes. The reality is that the majority of the country was born after 1981. Right. And the majority of the country now is no longer particularly racist. Right. They, they don't care about gay people, for God's sakes. Who cares? You know? I mean, they don't care. They like gay marriage is fine. There's mixed race has been going on for, you know, I taught, I taught college for 15 years, 14 mm-hmm. years. And somebody asked me, I was teaching about racism. He says, well, what happens to racism when everybody's intermarried? It's gone, man. It's gone. Yeah. <laughs> It's gone. And I got to, you know, there's a funny, Clarence Thomas wants to give it all the progressive uh, civil rights, uh, just all the progressive yeah. decisions, except one. The love Interracial of, marriage. Interracial marriage. <laughs> and I wonder why. Yeah, right. And I noticed, by the way, he's always against freedom of speech, except there was one decision, the Playboy decision. Explain. I didn't know about that one. What happened there? He defended Playboy, you know, because obviously it's his favorite magazine. Oh, yeah. You remember uh, uh, Ding Dong or something like that? With, something uh... like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so these guys are going to come at every right and every liberty. But the good news, and you said it, Egberto, is the majority of this country is progressive. And that's the big difference between Hitler's Germany and America today. I am so glad you said that, Harvey, because I need and I want you to repeat that. I need a lot of a lot of our listeners. They are so depressed after that 6-3 decision and after realizing that, well, 5-4 for uh, killing Roe versus Wade. But after, you know, and I'm telling them, don't be depressed. Vote. Don't be depressed. Go out there and run. Don't be depressed. You are who, you know, when, when Obama said. You are who we're looking for. I'm not even talking about Obama, but that phrase is such a powerful phrase. There, you just gave me the numbers. Millennials plus Zoomers. Come on. You well, guys got country, it. Half the country has been born since 1981. There you go. And, so and therefore, totally progressive. You know, church, the right wing church is just falling through the floor. And, and you know, and all these people running around calling themselves Christian. They're about as Christian as Genghis Khan. So you have people, you have an elite in this country that would do everything Hitler did if they could. 
Yes. But the difference is that Germany had no democratic tradition. In America, we have a democratic tradition. And we also, Germany was in no way, shape, or form diverse. Right. You had white people, and then you had whiter people. Right. <laughs> you know? I mean, but we are, our, our saving grace is our diversity and our Bill of Rights. And now, it, Harvey, look, there, there, before we get into, uh, there's going to be, a, it, it's a, I think it's a North Carolina decision that has to be made. I think North Carolina is, has a case in front of the Supreme Court where they want to relegate back to the states with no interference from the Supreme Court, neither state Supreme Court or federal Supreme Court, that the legislature has ultimate domain or dominion over any election, the legislature. Right. Uh, what and are your thoughts on that? Well, they're gerrymandered. They're not, you know, they're set up for minority rule. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, we had in Michigan a referendum and in Ohio to set up good districting procedures. In Michigan, it's worked. In Ohio, the Republicans have completely shown that they hate democracy and they're doing everything to subvert it. So what the Republican strategy is, is to turn control of our elections over to these terribly gerrymandered districts, um, right. state legislatures. That's a problem. And the other problem we have, and you and I have talked about this, is the corporate Democrats. We will win every election where the money goes to grassroots organizing. That's what happened in Georgia 2021. Yes. And then they turned around the Democrats and they did the opposite and they blew it in Virginia yes. in 2021. If we can get the Democratic Party, the money that goes to the Democratic Party to go to grassroots organizing, even in Texas, especially in Texas, Beto O'Rourke could win in a landslide if he spent every money, penny he has on grassroots organizing. I agree wholeheartedly, and that's what I've been preaching for so long. In fact, I, I, you're going to laugh at this one, but I actually put on Daily Coast that it is time for contributions to go to the grassroots of our country, the grassroots organizations and independent, independent media. And you know what? You know the attacks that I got? Anybody who says not to send money to the DSCC or the DCCC, you are no Democrat. You are trying to hurt the party because you're trying to not give. I'm like, why do we give consultants fifteen and sixteen and twenty thousand dollars to give advice about people these people don't even know? And they you, always lose. Yeah, they don't know, but they lose because they don't. Harvey, they don't you care. know the people. You are on. I watch you go to. Uh, these organizations that are dealing with people all over from all over the country. I watch you at those Zooms and talking about how do we get these things. These consultants are too high up in the stratosphere to come right. down and meet the people that are actually on the ground doing work. Right. And, and we've seen Andrea Miller and Ray McClendon and people from the NAACP and the Center for Common Ground. When they get a dollar, they make use of it. People go door to door, right. register to vote. These consultants in the Democratic Party throw millions of dollars at advertising and it goes nowhere. It what? doesn't work that way. You know, there, no. there are all these, you know, people know touch the flesh is much better than trying to get a, a, a message on national TV that most of the people you're trying to target aren't listening. Right. 
And what we got to do is have grassroots campaigns. All the money should go to the grassroots. And the corporate Democrats, look, they had eight years of Clinton, eight years of Obama. The only thing we got was the ACA, which was fine. Clinton did nothing as a president. Obama, if Obama had gotten us out of Afghanistan in the very beginning and done some stuff after the big short crash, Trump would have never been president. Not a chance. You know what? You know what is interesting, Harvey? The biggest, and I, I saw this, believe it or not, the first year of Obama's presidency. I don't know if you remember how powerful OFA was. OFA was an org, a grassroots org, Obama for America is what it used to be called. Then it became Organizing for America, but they kept the same OFA. But I remember the power in OFA because here in Texas, red state, I'm in a red area. And OFA came into this community. And OFA was so active that I had Republican neighbors that were ready for the change. And then some of these Republican neighbors were the same ones who became part of the Tea Party. And the reason why is they left a vacuum, Harvey. Right. And, they and left a vacuum, Harvey. Right. And I talk about this in my people's spiral of U.S. history. People should write me Silvertopia at Gmail. I love to. I'm going to put that in the blog because I want people to get your book. And I think I, I, I have a copy. I hope I got a copy, but you know, I have to read. Re- and people should come on our Zooms. You're on our Zooms every Monday at uh, 5 p.m. Eastern time. We had 110 people uh, this last week. We talk about these issues. But the bottom line is the corporate Democrats have not delivered. And you wonder why? Uh, um, working class, class people go with Trump is because Clinton and Obama didn't give him anything. And Hillary wasn't going to deliver any, uh, uh, you know, substantial uh, benefits to working people. And and that, and uh, actually Trump promised to get out of Afghanistan. Of course, he didn't. But, you know, uh, so we have to take over the Democratic Party. Egberto, we've got to use that money for grassroots organizing, we have the people on our side. You know, you look at, they call us socialists. Okay, I'm in favor of Medicare for all. 60% of the American public or more supports Medicare for all. Abolish student debt, end homelessness, end poverty, and, um, um, you know, destroying the environment. Go to the technologies that really work. All the stuff the progressives support in this country that the right wing calls socialism is supported by a majority of the public. And we have earned it. Yes. We have earned it. The wealth that the wealthy has made on our backs. You know what's interesting, um, Harvey? Um, I, I want to say, because I'm glad that you framed it as corporate Democrats, because, you know, right now it, it is in vogue to blow up on mansion and blow up on cinema, right? Right. They are currently just the whipping persons, right? Because if they weren't blocking some of the stuff and build back better, I can guarantee you I could call five other Democratic senators that would have found a way to block it, just like they found a way to block the, 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 the public option to the Affordable Care Act when we had 60 votes. Right, right, right. And they didn't bother to make D.C. a state. There you go. And we had 60 votes. Yes. And here you have uh, more than 700,000 people, including my sister, my niece and my nephew and their kids, 
in Washington, D.C., more no people vote. than Vermont or Wyoming, and it's not a state. And here the Democrats are screaming at Manchin and Cinema. We'd have 52 yep. Democrats if they had bothered, and, and Clinton could have done it. Obama could have done it. But here's the deal, Harvey. Believe it or not, and this is what I tell folks about neoliberals, right? The neoliberal Democrat and the neoliberal Republican, they are just here, – here's what I always tell my audience. If you have the right and the left, I call them the neoliberal Republican or the neoliberal, uh, the neoliberal Democrat that are running both parties. One is the left rail and one is the right rail. What can you tell me about those rails? They're against the public welfare. But they're moving in the same direction. So right. why would we think they are different? If the rail, even if the rail is turning a little, a little bit, it's, move, it's one rail system going in the same direction. But here's the great irony. The great revolution in, in energy technology in this country, mm-hmm. which would create the jobs and would allow the public to control its own energy supply, would flourish if we actually had a free market in energy, if yes. they would force the nuclear plants to be uh, uh, to compete on the open market and coal and oil and gas, which are completely priced out now because solar and wind are better. And not only I, that, we don't, I, there's not exter- externalities are not counted in right. the price of gasoline. It's ridiculous. Me and Milton Friedman would be on the same page. <laughs> Who Harvey, would... we're coming up on time. Harvey, on so on Supreme Court, I got one last question. Yeah. Okay, because that's what we, that was our major topic here. Should we go ahead and rebalance the court, given that it, it's a stolen court? Absolutely. I mean, and, you know, and these guys, these these the, all these guys lied in their in their Senate hearing. Mm-hmm. They flat out lied. They should be impeached. And there also need to be age limits on the court. You know, 65 is fine, maybe 75, I don't know. But the court is completely out of control now. It's the worst court in history. We do not need a dictatorship of six Supreme Court uh, members who are not justices. And you'll notice, by the way, that the three liberals now are all women. You know, you got. I uh, noticed that, yeah. (laughs) You got a black woman, you got a Jewish woman. And you have a Hispanic woman. So maybe we should make it mandatory all future judge uh, people on the Supreme Court are women. Actually, you know, I, I've been, I, I want the next, the next appointee has to be another progressive woman. I think it's time. And I don't want anybody complaining because the court had men on since its inception. No, I, I, except for Sandra Day O'Connor, who served for quite some time. Yeah. And OB, uh, RBG for a couple of time. Uh, I want women to start taking control. And I want a woman to win. Just remember, and and please write me for my book, People's Spiral of U.S. History. I'll send you a free PDF, Solartopia Gmail, and I'll send you the link to our Zoom calls. Egberto, we love having you on our Monday Zoom calls. But the bottom line is this. Just remember this. We are the majority. We support Social Security, Medicare for all, unions, saving the environment, free education, and homelessness, poverty, and hunger. All those things are supported by the majority of the American people. What we want in this country is majority rule, for God's sakes. What a concept. What a concept. Harvey Wasserman, author, journalist, 
activist extraordinaire. Thank you so kindly for having been on Politics Done Right. Egberto, you're the greatest. Thank you. Thank you, sir. We spend a lot of time deconstructing the news, trying to trying to parse it into a form that everybody can understand. We try to find those little nitpicks where uh, it goes, it flies above the fray, etc. If you really like these videos that we do, I want to ask a big favor. Please go ahead, number one, subscribe to our channel, and number two, please join if you can. Thank you so kindly for watching. Keep watching. Please remember to share. We must populate the entire internet with our progressive message, a message that we know is what most Americans say that they want. So help us please join.